This week I had an interesting realization about being a pastor, and the realization came to me as I was in the car. I was driving home from the hospital after visiting a couple of men and their families there, and, and the realization is this. It's that in my public ministry as a pastor, it's usually about me doing most of the talking. I mean, especially think about it here on Sunday mornings. I'm giving announcements. I'm praying. I'm giving sermons. I'm teaching classes. My public ministry largely revolves around me doing the majority of the talking. But on the other hand, in my private ministry, meaning uh, when I'm talking with people in my office or when I'm talking on the phone or when I'm meeting with people in the hospital or in their homes, in that more personal ministry, I am doing the minority of the talking. Frequently in those settings, I'm talking maybe a third of the content of the conversation, sometimes much less than that. And so it's an interesting dynamic to realize that, you know, in my public ministry, I, I do a lot of talking. When I'm meeting with people personally. I'm doing by far the minority of the talking that's taking place there. And, and it led to this realization that if we want to speak life, if we want to be a blessing to others, it is very important that we know the right things to say at the right times and to abstain from the, saying the wrong things at the wrong times. But it's also incredibly important that we learn to listen well. Because listening to other people can be a form of tremendous blessing in their lives. We're in our series right now called Speak Life. And it's based on this idea out of Proverbs 18, verse 21, that says the tongue has the power of life and death. We all know that our words can be very, very powerful. And as I said, through this series, we're talking a lot about the words that come out of our mouths but if we want to truly speak life, if we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus around us, it's important that not only do we say the right things at the right times and abstain from saying the wrong things, but also that we learn to listen well. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Now, as we consider this topic of listening, I think it's important to recognize that there are several factors in our culture that can undermine our ability to listen well. For instance, I think about how our culture is so polarized and our culture basically trains us to have strong negative reactions whenever something rubs us the wrong way. That we should react strongly, that we should go out and broadcast it on Facebook as quickly as we can. So, so that's part of the culture that we are in, to, to be polarized and, and express dislike quickly and strongly. I also think of how technology influences us. On the one hand, technology allows us to communicate more broadly and more frequently than ever before. Yet at the same time, there is solid research that shows that, that when we are frequently on cell phones and frequently texting and frequently using social media, it actually diminishes our ability to listen well and to experience empathy toward others. On top of this, in our culture, we get so busy and so stressed that frequently we don't even feel like we have time to listen well to those around us. So as a society and as individuals, we have a lot of room for growth when it comes to listening well. Let me pray for us, and we'll dig into James chapter 1. Our Father, we thank you that we can come to you at all times. Wherever we are, whatever's going on, that we can come to you, and you always hear us. You always listen to us. You always have time for us, and we're thankful for that. Lord, we're thankful for Jesus, how he came not just to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And he provides such a great example for us of what it means to be focused on others rather than just focused on what he can get for himself. 
And Lord, I pray that the attitude that he had will be ours as well, that we will look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others, and that in our time together today that you will equip us and inspire us and motivate us, Lord, to listen well to those around us as we represent you, as we interact with those around us, Lord. May you be honored in in and through us. May we take what we're hearing today from your word and apply it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles as I read James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. James says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, from this passage, I want to draw out, draw out four different reasons why listening well is so important. And one reason is that when we are listening, we can't speak words of death because when we're listening, that means that our mouths are shut. So the basic reality, we can't speak words of death then. It says we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Too often, though, it's the opposite dynamic where we're quick to speak but much slower to listen. And that is when, when we're speaking quickly, That is frequently when the ugliest words come out. And those should be the times when we are choosing to listen and speak more slowly and intentionally. I think of last week how I shared that quote from Winston Churchill about how when he was at a social gathering, there was a female member of parliament who said, Winston, you are drunk. And what's more, you're disgustingly drunk. That would have been a good time for Winston Churchill to choose to listen and to accept that rebuke, and simply to keep his mouth shut. But instead, Winston Churchill fired back at her, Bessie, my dear, you are ugly. And what's more, you are disgustingly ugly. But tomorrow I shall be sober, and you will still be disgustingly ugly. Now, those are certainly not words of life, are they? That, as I said, would have been a good time for Winston Churchill to choose just to listen, to accept it, and to move on. Now, in this passage, it also says that we should be slow to become angry. And there's a direct correlation between our anger and speaking ugly words. But it says that we should listen and be slow to become angry. So in those times where anger is welling up inside of us, the appropriate thing to do is just to slow down, keep our mouths shut for a few minutes, um, listen well, and pray that God will help us to understand where they're coming from and to calm down before we open our mouth and say something that we should never say. And so when we're listening, one of the basic realities is that we can't speak words of life because when we're listening, our mouths should be shut. So that's just one basic benefit of listening well. Another benefit, especially in terms of the Speak Life series, is that when we listen, we become equipped to speak life in a personalized way. Last week, we talked about Ephesians 4.29 that says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so we're called to build others up according to their needs. And this assumes that people around us have needs. If they have a brokenness that needs to be healed, or they have an emptiness that needs to be filled, or they have a discouragement that needs to be encouraged. And we know that everyone has these types of needs. And so a part of speaking life is speaking right into those needs. A very powerful way of speaking life is really to apply thoughtful, caring words to a person's unique 
needs. That's a part of speaking life. Applying thoughtful and caring words to a person's unique needs. But this assumes that we know what people's needs are. And how, how will we know what their needs are if we don't actually talk with them and don't listen to what they are saying? I think just a practical example is we are in this building renovation process. And imagine if the architect designing this, this building renovation decided, okay, I'm just going to come take a quick tour, then I'm going to go design this thing with no further input. Would the design that came out of that meet the needs and the goals that we have as a church? Probably not. I mean, it might be a really cool design, but without further input from us, without listening well to our needs and our desires and our goals, the odds are good that the outcome will not fulfill what we need and what we're looking for here as a church. And that is why the master planning process, even today with a forum, is focused on listening to what are the needs, the goals, the desires of what is going on here at the church. Because in order to, to learn, we need to listen. And this applies everywhere in life, with friends and family and, and co-workers and classmates. The call is to listen and to be attentive to what people are saying, to the needs and the desires that they're expressing. To listen to their interests and to their anxieties. To listen to their joys, but also the pain that they have inside of them. I think about me as a pastor, when, when people come, and even when they seek advice from me for handling some situation, it doesn't start with me talking. They're coming because they want to hear what I have to say about something, but it doesn't start with me talking. It starts with me listening. Because if I don't listen first to try to understand the situation of what's going on, whatever advice I give is probably going to miss the point. And so it's important that we are people who listen. But the reality is most people aren't very good listeners. You look, look at the dynamics of how we interact with others. Have you ever had those times where someone's talking with you and while they're talking, you're already thinking about how you're going to respond? Does that happen to anyone? Is there anyone for whom this doesn't happen? I mean, probably not. Because what happens is someone's talking to us, and as they're talking, we're already formulating what we want to say next. But as we do that, the moment that we begin thinking about how we want to respond, what we want to say next, in that moment that we start thinking about that, we're stopping really fully listening to what the other person is saying. And so what ends up happening here is you have people talking, but basically conversation ends up being kind of this alternating monologue where you get one person saying one thing, then the other person says something else, but they're really just talking right past each other because they're not listening well. Psychologist named Paul Turnier, he said, listen to the conversations of our world between nations as well as between couples. They are, for the most part, dialogues of the deaf. Dialogues of the deaf, where people are talking, words are flying back and forth. But the question is, does anyone really hear? So we need to listen. We need to try to understand what other people are saying. Uh, try to understand what's going on inside of them as well. We need to put the cell phone down. We need to close the computer. We need to make eye contact. We need to listen not only to their words, but to the attitudes and the emotions and the body language that they are expressing. We need to ask questions. 
And after we ask questions and listen, we need to ask more questions in an attempt to understand what is really going on inside of them. And as we understand what's going on inside of them, we will then be equipped to tailor our words to speak life to them in a way that's going to be much more meaningful than if we had not listened and just started talking. Listening is a powerful way of learning and then blessing others and equipping us to speak life. I want to give us the third reason why listening is so helpful. The third reason is that by listening to others, you gain understanding, which can help alleviate anger and tension. Back in James chapter 1, we read, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Again, notice this direct connection between listening and anger. You should be quick to listen, but slow to become angry. Very frequently, it's when we are angry that we say things that are ugly, that hurt others, that cause others and ourselves a lot of grief. I mean, you think about people's common reactions to controversial issues in our society. Frequently, the reaction is quick, and it's not a, not a reaction that is, is quick to listen. It's a quick reaction of anger or expressing or venting emotions. I, I think of how, you know, how, how do people react when, say, Colin Kaepernick took a knee during the national anthem? Frequently, it's a pretty strong and quick reaction. You, you think about people thinking they read something or they hear something on Facebook, and they're like, CNN said what? Or on the other side, Fox News said what? Or, or people are like, what's that church down the street doing now? Or did you hear what so-and-so said? Or the mayor is saying that we need a $20 wheel tax here in Port Washington? I mean, we hear things, and if they rub us the wrong way, our instinct is to close our ears and close our minds and just react right away. And when we do that, we may miss out on, you know what, what's the reasoning behind what's going on here? We may miss the fact that there are real people with real, real reasons for what they're doing, and we may not agree with them, but it is worth it to seek to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. But what happens if we are not quick to listen is we miss the opportunity to really learn. And then tension rises, anger rises, when by listening at least we can gain understanding and learn what's the appropriate way to respond. Think, for instance, if you're talking with someone who is highly critical of Christianity. You know, a temptation in that, in that place would be to try to explain to them, you know what, this, these are all the reasons why, why Christianity is good, why Jesus is good, why church is good. And to talk, talk, talk. Try to convince them by talking. But maybe a better way, rather than talk, talk, talking, is to be quick to listen. Ask them questions. And by asking questions and listening, if they're critical of Christianity, we'll probably be able to learn why are they critical of Christianity. Is it because they follow another religion? Is it perhaps because they were hurt by a church sometime in the past? Is it because they've studied the evidence and they don't think there are solid intellectual reasons to believe in the existence of God? Is it because they've been turned off by the behavior of Christians? Or is it because they don't want to submit to any authority outside of themselves, including God? These are all common reasons why people reject God, reject Christianity. 
And we aren't going to know what those reasons are unless we ask questions and unless we listen. But by asking questions and listening, we gain understanding to know where we might start when we do talk about Jesus. But if we don't learn first and listen and understand, we're not going to have the right starting spot. So listening is key for gaining understanding in what people um, are really thinking and why they're thinking it. And, and so listening facilitates understanding, and it's so helpful to put ourselves in other people's shoes. It's just a, a basic uh, uh, tenet of, of, of communication, and that's valuable for speaking life as well. Now let me give us one more reason why listening is valuable. is that when you're listening, you demonstrate love. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then he went on to say the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we are called to love others around us very deeply. And one of the best ways to show love is to give them our attention and our listening ears. Because people want to feel validated. They want to feel valued. They want to know that their needs and their concerns and their problems are worthwhile to someone else to listen to. So, so by listening, we show that we love them, that, that we really care about them, that they are valuable people. That's what listening can do. But this is, again, a skill to be learned. I think of how a couple of years after Shelley and I got married, we were sitting at our kitchen table one evening, and she was sharing some of her frustrations from the day. And, and me, as a typical guy, wanted to fix things. And so I started offering some solutions, some ideas to make those issues better. And I remember that she looked at me and said, Brandon, I'm not looking for solutions. I just want you to listen. And as a guy who likes to fix things, that was kind of a foreign idea. Because to me, hey, if you have a problem, let's fix it. But you know what? Sometimes people just want to be heard. They want to know that someone understands their frustrations and is there walking the journey with them. Someone values them. And that's what listening enables us to do. So for, for those of us who are married, I pray that we will be intentional to demonstrate love to our spouse by listening. And this applies in other friendships and, and work relationships in the neighborhood that we show value to people. We demonstrate love by listening. We show that, that their concerns, their issues are important to us. And along the way, as we are helping them feel loved, we're going to be better equipped to meet them where they are understand what's going on in their minds so that then we can speak life to them in a personalized way. So hopefully it's clear to you as we study this topic today that speaking life requires us to listen well. Speaking life requires us to listen well. And as we think about this idea of listening well and the challenges in it, I think we have to recognize that the biggest obstacle to listening well is ourselves. It's ourselves. I mean, yeah, technology might play a role, and, and the society around us with all the animosity might play a role, and our business certainly plays a role. But the biggest obstacle is ourselves because we so naturally just want to focus on ourselves. And, and so in conversations, we naturally want to focus on what are my desires? What are my opinions? What are my stories that I want to share? And, and you know, a lot of us are kind of in love with hearing our own voice because when we're the ones talking... It makes us feel important. And so what happens is that even as we're in conversation, we hear someone else talk and say they share a story 
from their own experience, but then we feel like we need to share the same type of story maybe a little bit better to validate ourselves, to, to win a sense of approval in the eyes of other people. And so that's why it's so hard for us sometimes to listen because we feel like we need to gain the approval of other people. We need to validate ourselves. And that's why we become our own biggest problem when it comes to listening. Now, the way to overcome this is not just to try to focus on other people, but focus on Jesus. I mean, Jesus, uh, he was such a great example of serving others because bottom line, this comes back to serving. And are we focused on ourselves or are we focused on other people? Do we look to our own, own interests or to the interests of others? Jesus came not to be a servant, or not to be served, but to be a servant, to serve other people around us. And so he's a great model of being focused on others. But even more than this, how he helps us to listen well is that we all have voids in our heart. We all have needs. We all have anxieties and insecurities. And these cause us to focus on ourselves. But Jesus can come and fill those up. He can give us love and grace to fill those voids that are in our hearts. So then we no longer have to work to try to earn the approval of other people or validate our sense of well-being because we can rest in the fact that Jesus has already provided for us with that sense of approval and love and well-being. I think of Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus wants to give us rest. So frequently, our hearts are not at rest. Our hearts are anxious. Our hearts are insecure. Our hearts want to seek validation by the things that we do and the things that we say and other people's approval of us. But Jesus says, you know what? Come to me. I will give you rest. And then as our hearts come to rest in him, as he fills us with his love and his grace and his peace and his hope, then we don't have to try to seek it from other people. And this frees us to focus on them, to listen to them. So that way, as we are listening, we don't have to think, okay, what am I going to say next? Or how do I one-up that story that they just shared? It gives us humility. And humility is not thinking less of ourselves. It's, it's thinking of ourselves less so we can focus ourselves fully on others. C.S. Lewis was an author back in the mid-1900s. He describes what it would be like to meet someone who is truly humble. He says, Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, that he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be some sort of greasy, smarmy person. I think smarmy is kind of a fun word, isn't it? But he wouldn't be some greasy, smarmy person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably all you would think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. So true humility operates from a place of fullness internally, fullness that comes from Jesus, because we don't have anything we have to prove. Instead, Jesus already gives us all the love and validation that we need. And so that frees us then to be humble in ourselves and to focus 
and other people around us. I mean, what a joy it is to have the privilege of being God's sons and God's daughters, of, of again, not having anything else we have to prove, but just to be able to rest in Christ. And then as we talk with others, just give them our attention. Bless them with listening, caring ears. Bless them with empathy. And then with speaking life in those appropriate times. Now, you may be here this morning and thinking, you know what? I have things in my heart I'd love to be able to just share with someone else. I'd love to have a listening ear. And one of the practical things that we have after every service is a prayer team that's up here in the front. They would love, to, they'll be up here after the service today. They would love to be able to just listen to what's on your heart and to be able to pray with you. And I know that there are many others here in the church who would as well. My prayer for all of us is that we'll grow to be men and women, be a church family who listens, who, doesn't, who recognizes we don't have anything to prove because Christ already loves us so deeply. So we listen and we speak life to those around us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to this world to give us life and give it to us abundantly. We confess that we are so easily still focused on ourselves and we so easily focus on trying to prove ourselves in the eyes of other people. But we thank you, Lord, that you give us so much love and grace that, Father, you welcome us right into your arms anytime that we want to come. And so, Lord, I pray that, that we will experience your rest and your peace in our hearts so that then we, we will be equipped to give of ourselves to other people around us, not looking for something in return, but giving freely because you fill all of our needs and that we will be able to bless others with our words and with our listening ears and all of our interactions with them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.